something weird about it. Yeah. That was hilarious. He's kind of dead. The lineage there. Oh, okay. The lineage. Okay. The lin- <laughs> Is that the wrong word? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, get, I get what you're saying. You, get what, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Okay. As long as you guys know and the audience knows I'm an idiot. So... <laughs> Welcome to Requiem for a Stream, where you rock and roll over in your grave. I'm Liz Van Patten. And I'm Emily Rosenstein. And I'm Kareen Campbell. Woo! Go team! Yeah. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about Brian Jones. Now, I feel like for some reason I didn't know a lot about Brian Jones before that movie came out back in like uh, 2005 or six. Uh, the movie Stoned is about his death. Did you guys see that movie? No. Nope. I remember, Tell us more. I remember seeing ads for it with uh, in college, and I was like, you know, I'd seen the Rolling Stones live that summer, and I was like really excited. Lucky. Yo, yeah. I I've know. only seen – I saw the Rolling Stones um, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, their whole like um, – they had like a – what is it? Like a rotating display there they have at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So yeah. they had like all their outfits and like oh. – Sheet music. Oh, like you mean like the the um, exhibition? Yeah, I went to that too, and they had the three D concert. Wait, maybe we're talking about something else. There was a Rolling yeah. Stone, Stones like this art is thing. at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in uh, Ohio. Oh no, this was not in Ohio. <laughs> um, no, I saw them uh, when I was uh, eighteen. Lucky. Yeah, my my mom was very cool. She got my sister tickets for her birthday. And I went my, to TLC with me. That was pretty cool. That is really cool, yeah, actually. That's cool. Um, Mom's cool. I'm really <laughs> upset now that I didn't see TLC, who we will cover. We're not forgetting her. Of course. Okay. But um, no, I remember I went, my mom got my sister four tickets that she could pick anyone she wanted to go. My sister picked her best friend, and then she picked me and my best friend, which is very Aww, sweet. sweet. Yeah. Alex. Well, Alex. Typical Alex move. <laughs> so, um, so we went to the Rolling Stones. It was obviously amazing. It was mm-hmm. great. I remember it was so weird because I, um, I was only like 18. So I remember, you know, I was going in like my little, little skirt and my little Rolling <laughs> Stones t-shirt. You know, I was young. And um, we sat down behind, you know, we were probably like one of the younger people there, Sat down behind, um, or no, I sat down in front of this guy, and he told asked me if I could move um, because I was blocking him because I'm so tall. And then Eva, obviously shorter than me, so she sat where he sat. And then he whispers in my ear, he's like, I didn't want to say it in front of my wife, but your hair was tickling my knee. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so in front of your wife and my mother. Cool. Oh, my God. No, my mom wasn't there. Oh, okay. No, she just got us the tickets. Which was really nice of her, I guess. Still, yeah, no, no, it was very inappropriate. But yeah. I, yeah, and I, I, I realize now that I did look eighteen. I think I was like, oh, I looked older. No, not at that. <laughs> at that point, I looked my own age. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I remember seeing the ad for it, and he's like, "I'm the original Rolling Stone. I'm the founder of the Rolling Stone." So anyway, I saw the movie. It sucked, but um, that's because it wasn't really about his life. It was about like you know his death, really, and like the last like you know, a few days of, of his death going on. So now we're going to cover his life. He's actually very interesting. To be honest, he sounds like such an asshole. <laughs> like such, <laughs> such an asshole. Don't hold back, Emily. No, I'm not. <laughs> he like sounds like a Nice yeah. people are super interesting to people like that they don't know or that, that don't know of them. David like, Bowie is a really nice guy or was a really nice guy. Just saying. Always? 
Yes, always. Oh. He never did anything mean. Oh. Prince okay. was a really nice guy. Okay. Um, he had his moments. Yeah, he had his moments. <laughs> Have you seen Purple Rain? Yeah. <laughs> he did that slap a little bit too convincingly. He slapped Apollonia. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to hold back. I'm sorry. He was such an asshole. But he was. He was. Um, he was clearly brilliant, but um, wow. Like, in so many ways, was he an asshole? So we're going to talk about him. I mean, no, he, he was brilliant and it was a huge loss musically. But honestly, like from interviews with the Rolling Stones themselves, they said like it was like he was gone before that because he had gone so far into these, these drugs and stuff. Mm. So anyway, Brian Jones, he was born Lewis Brian Hopkins Jones, mm-hmm. born in um, Glock. <laughs> oh, God. Gloucester. What? Say it. Gloucestershire. Yep. Gloucestershire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're so American. Okay. Oh, yeah. In, uh, yeah, in 1942. Um, so he had very um, severe asthma. So that kind of kept him from doing a lot of the sports that all the other kids did, which made him a little isolated and kind of lame. Um, hey. <laughs> Sports don't make a person. <laughs> when you're a child and it seems like it does, you know, it's rough. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, basically, so his parents, um, you know, were very, like, um, supposedly very cold. And this is described by, like, his peers from, like, school. Like, other people who had parents of the same, like, you know, the same neighborhood, the same class, and their parents were not this cold. Apparently, they, he, they were pretty rough, uh, which I will get into. We had two sisters too, right? He did. He had two sisters, and one of them died yeah. of leukemia. Young, and right? they never talked about her, never. And like nobody knew. She was like two. Like yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. She so was a they baby. basically act like she didn't exist. So nobody she never existed. Nobody talks about her. It's really sad. Like apparently, like they had this like really close family friend, and um, she was like, "Yeah, he told me once about his dead sister, and I didn't. I didn't think my parents even knew, and they were really good friends with his parents. I just crazy. they pretended like she never existed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So coping tactic? Yeah. It sounded like they were like wasps. Mm. Like the ultimate wasps. That's just how it sounds to me. But um yeah, basically um you know, he's obviously his parents were really interested in music. Uh his dad was a piano teacher and his mom also played piano and organ and the church choir. So that was a foundation there. Um he was very inspired by jazz, which his parents hated. Uh, no, yeah. He, um, I think uh, they said that they heard him listening to a Louis Armstrong, the mother heard him listening to a Louis Armstrong album once, and she cried. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She was like, the devil's music. Wow. Not, not like, obviously not the devil's music. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this be the devil's music you're listening to. Oh, my. <laughs> the devil's music. <laughs> Yeah, so he um, he's apparently really good in school, really smart. You know, seemed like a nice kid initially. Helped the other kids, stuff like that. <laughs> he was a him. real dick early on. I'm about to get into that. Okay. Um, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, no, um, he was apparently really brilliant, but always like hostile to um, authority figures, uh, okay. which caused a little trouble there. Yeah, because he kind of always had a chip on his shoulder, at, like since childhood. He. And that went on, and everybody felt that way about him. Anyway, so in so he grew up to be very good looking, obviously. Um, and in 1959, he had a girlfriend, 17 years old, um, 
who became pregnant. And he is said to have encouraged her to have an abortion, but she did, you know, I don't think people were as open to abortion back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll learn that they certainly weren't in his area. So they ended up putting the child up for adoption. Um, he left school and actually is interesting. His parents, um, I think they went away and they just left all his shit in the driveway. And he came back and just found his suitcases and he wasn't even surprised. Um, so yeah, so he left there and he performed in some like local blues and jazz clubs and stuff like that. And, um, okay. So yeah, he also knocked up, uh, in 1959, a woman named Angeline who was already married and got her pregnant so do any of these people believe in kind of strong seed. Uh, birth control? I'm not even yeah, done. Or- this is not the he's he's continuing to get this women is just pregnant. The beginning, right? This okay. is just the beginning of him getting women pregnant. Okay. And I'm pretty sure there was a woman back in his hometown that I might have forgotten to mention that also he got pregnant. And like everyone was like, stay away from that Brian kid. You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you stay away from him. So oh, so then in 1961. His girlfriend, Pat Andrews, gave birth to his third child, Julian Mark Andrews. How old was he at this time? Yeah. He, oh my God. 61, he was born. He had to have been like 21 or something. 20. (laughs) 42. Oh, he had to have been like 19. Yeah. On his third child? On his third child, (laughs) 19. He was 19 years old. Well, that's totally normal. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. And he wasn't exactly, (laughs) so, Hmm. yeah, apparently he wasn't the best father or boyfriend to Pat. Um, There are other women involved. Uh, And he had his fourth child in 1964 with um, Linda Lawrence. That's why he waited three years. He was like 22. Oh my God. Yeah. fine. 22 and he's had four children by four different women. (laughs) Oh my God. He's such a, and he's such a deadbeat dad. He like bailed on all of them. So he didn't have, he didn't have a relationship with any of them? Did he take care of them financially? He did not have no. a lot of money at the time no. at all. Oh, so he no. couldn't? Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, it was pretty bad. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, he got someone else pregnant after that. Yep, she, uh, Dawn Molly. She got pregnant, and <clears throat> it was, like, they had, like, a, that was his fifth child. How old oh, was he boy. then? Um, 23. <laughs> Five children by the age of 23. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, forming the Rolling Stones. Um, <laughs> so, you know, he would play in, like, um, you know, London bands and stuff. And uh, he Wait, was but a, were all of his children adopted? I feel like they were. No, a lot of them kept them. Hmm. Okay. Not all of them. but Because I know that his fifth one was adopted. Oh, yes. Yeah. What? First one was I think <laughs> the first one was adopted and the fifth one was adopted. I think the others were kept. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or actually, I don't remember, but I'm <laughs> so bad at this. Sorry. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, anyway, he was um, playing under the name Elmo Lewis, and he played the slide guitar, which was really impressive. A lot of people, like, you know, didn't see that much back then. He was with a band called The Rooster. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger, who were much younger than him, saw him play and were really blown away by him. So, they ended up making this band together, um, playing, uh, you know, jazz and blues. They mostly played covers, like a lot of um, Chuck Berry and Muddy Waters and just, like, general blues music. So they played their first gig in 1962 at the Marquee Club. 
So at this point, it was Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Brian Jones, and uh, Dick Taylor. So, <laughs> yes, Dick Taylor, he played the bass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and drummer Tony Chapman. So, yes, they're playing around and uh, obviously getting pretty popular because they were amazing and Mick Jagger was hot. And uh, so they, you know, um, they listened to a lot of blues. That was really mostly their inst- ins- the inspiration. They got very big. Um, I know that he and Keith Richards were both very into mischief <laughs> when they were, they, they, they were getting a lot of trouble. Oh, they imagine. were a lot of sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he got very into drugs. Um, he met Anita Pallenberg, who was actually like probably the only woman that he actually loved. In 1965, she was working on a modeling assignment there. Um, because Brian Jones spoke German and she's half German, they began a friendship and turned into this two-year relationship. They took a lot of drugs and they were like really dramatic and violent. Um, he got violent with her on that trip to Morocco. Again, I, t- I think I told you guys about this. Um, like... He got violent with her. There was an incident with some uh, Moroccan whores, and she wouldn't join the uh, group sex. But it's not; it wasn't unlike her to do stuff like that. But like it was, yeah. He he hit her over it. So, um, and yeah. Wait, hold on. Um. So yeah. So that's when she um got together with Keith Richards um, and they let, so this is the thing with, um, with what happened in Morocco with Brian Jones. Um, so he was there with the other stones with Anita Pallenberg and they all left at night without him. They just left him there. Like remember that time Liz where we went to the movies and we left that one, there were 12 of us and we forgot that one girl in the bathroom and she was taken <laughs> so personally. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's messed up. We need like a. We should have implemented a buddy system. There were twelve of us. Oh my god! It was an accident. She was so hurt. Oh, I think I would be hurt too. Oh my god! It was so awkward. It was an accident, though. It was. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Anita and Keith Richards began a relationship that lasted till 1980. Um. So they had um, an interesting lifestyle. Uh, if you read Keith Richards' book, um, a lot of drugs, still had kids, you know. But um, yeah, Brian Jones, his feelings were really hurt because they like left in the middle of the night without telling him. And I think they left him with the bill um, for the wow. hotel in Morocco. So they left because he'd hit her the night before and they were like upset. So he found that very humiliating, which was awful. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's that. I'm bringing this up because it has to be brought up. He was very abusive to women. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm not even kidding. And I know, like, I was reading about um, Nico recently. And, like, she was with him for a little while. And he was very violent with her. 
Yeah. And I know he's violent with Anita as well. For some reason, they had this big um, drug arrest of all the Rolling Stones. They were all their houses were taken. And they actually ended up putting like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards in jail. And it really shook up Brian. Like some reason, like this, like this raid really fucked him up. And he was arrested for the second time in 1968 for possession of pot and um, cannabis. Cannabis. And because he was on probation from the first time, uh, he was found guilty, obviously. Mm. And he was fine instead of being jailed, which was good. But yeah, he got just like further, further into his drug use. And yeah. They said, like, um, the Rolling Stones, they said they felt like he wasn't even there anymore. Yeah. Of, like, toward the end. Like, he had checked out. Just he was go- just gone. Yeah. And they had to, like, fire him, which must be really hard. They all started out together. Yeah. Right? And they told him, they're like, this isn't working out, you know? Like. And they probably, like, had similar dalliances where they were, like, doing drugs together. Yeah. Like, drinking together. So they're like, they oh, did. how do we get rid of yeah. this guy who's, like, I mean, we're doing the same shit. Yeah, you kind of, like. I know. Like, a lot of it was that, yeah. like, they were, like, doing all these drugs and stuff, mm-hmm. but they were still able to make music. They right. Were like, they were able to function. They could right. still function. And he just was gone. And obviously yeah. he couldn't, so. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone said the same things about him, that he had a chip on his shoulder, that he was brilliant, and he couldn't help but admire him, but that he was an asshole, and he didn't care. And a lot of people said that they got, they just felt like they are in the presence of the devil when they were with him. Wow. Which is that's kind of cool. cool. Really. It's yeah, kind of, but that, that's like pretty extreme. That's very strong. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people just felt like, like really intense. Wow. Like something about him felt like the devil, which is awesome, kind of. I mean, I don't know. I think it's cool. Because <laughs> they said like, um, you know, a lot of people associated that stuff with the Rolling Stones. Um, what was rough with him with breaking up with the Rolling Stones, I think, was that, um, you know, they had done covers. Their first album was all covers. And they were told to start writing music, and it was um, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards who ended up writing the music. Like, right. they just learned, you know, they taught themselves how to write songs. And, you know, you know, as brilliant as Brian was, he wasn't really contributing there, even mm-hmm. though he was a fantastic musician. Um, so I think he felt a little left out, a little jealous. Um there was, like, part, you know, he was kind of spoiled, you know, so he just, like, he just, like, always wanted the attention, mm-hmm. and they, everyone describes him as very good-looking, and he seemed very, like, charismatic. Like, right? yeah, yeah, very, like, angelic yeah. almost, but then evil. So, again, everyone Ooh. calling him the devil. Everyone calling him the devil, <laughs> um, which is hot. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like, <you> have interesting tastes. <laughs> I know. That's I don't know, cool. like, rock and roll and the devil seem to go hand in hand somehow. Is that just me? Isn't that wasn't that the general like feeling about rock and roll like in the fifties like oh the devil's yeah. music the devil's sinners music. <laughs> that's yeah. Lord's Day <laughs> exactly. no I don't know because uh, you know so. I don't believe in like the <laughs> devil perhaps or... you were born after your time yeah <laughs> I, don't know. I feel like that's no I you know I don't believe in like the devil or any of that bullshit yeah um, but like I think just like the idea of it more from a literary perspective is interesting like like um. You know, they seem to think there's some kind of good versus evil. But with rock and roll, it seems like there's always kind of like a bad edge, you know? Yeah. But I like it. I dig it. <laughs> I dig it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know. Do you dig it? <laughs> I dig it. Do you dig? <laughs> Tilly. Gosh, she's so cute. You dig it, Tilly? <laughs> and, like, what started his whole foray into drugs and alcohol? Like- I think it was just around... 
easily accessible. Mm-hmm. And it was just the culture. Yeah. And I think, you know, there was no history of, like, you know, I mean, there was drug abuse before, but these were very new drugs. Right. Yeah. Was there, like, some type of trauma, though, besides, okay, his sister passing away, which was... Not spoken of. I feel like maybe his yeah, family... Yeah, I feel like there's gotta be something that... Yeah, nobody really... The family was fucking acts cold. out like this. That's what I feel like. Something must have happened, like, it no, and make him react like they're this. They're British, I mean, and his peers were like, yo, his parents are cold. Uh, <laughs> so if they were saying that, then you know it's bad. So. Oh, someone's yeah. saying they saw him, like, smack his mom in the face once. Oh, my gosh. When he was, like, a teenager. My great guy ever. <laughs> great guy. Mom, I would never. I wouldn't even talk back to my mom. Hmm, That's God. crazy. Slapped her? Slapped her. That's since Brian slapped her. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Well, I mean, when they left, they put all his shit in the driveway. He came home. They had gone on vacation. They just left his shit there. They kicked him out. Okay, so theories surrounding Joan's death. Okay, so um, so he died around midnight in 1969. He was discovered motionless at the bottom of his own swimming pool. Um, his girlfriend, Anna Wallen, found him there. They, she was insisting he had a pulse, but he didn't. And uh, they called it Death by Misadventure. Um... How poetic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I proved for a while that um, Frank Thorogood had actually murdered him. He was doing some construction on the property, and he was the last one to see him alive. And he allegedly did confess the murder to um, the Rolling Stones driver and then later denied it. But then on his deathbed, he ended up admitting it. So the original Death by Misadventure was incorrect. It was a murder. Huh. Apparently there may have been others in the pool with them and they were just joking around with them, keeping him underwater. And then they accidentally drowned him. Um, it's, so it's definitely a murder. It's just a matter of how many people murdered him. Aw, cutie. I love her. But she won't sleep in my bed. Like, I mean, I don't like mine. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'll sleep on myself. It's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes I'm like, I'm lonely, Tilly. Come in my bed. And she'll just be like, no. <laughs> Honestly, it's better to train them that way because Ollie was the biggest cock block. I can't even tell you how many times <laughs> I had guys over and we go and close the door. And then there'd be like barking at the door. I'd open the door. <laughs> I would run in, jump up That's on the a bed. Cat thing too. Like cats mm-hmm. would like whine at the door if you shut it. Mm-hmm. And then he like yeah. lies across the thing so he can't even use the bed. This one's just like no, I like being by myself. And if for any reason he's in the room, if we're like, you know, mm-hmm. fooling around, whatever, he starts to bark at us. <laughs> so I'm gonna have to train my next dog. Put to it my mind. Just a little territorial. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. This one likes her alone time, so. <laughs> like, also, like, yeah. a lot, Ollie was a biter. And whenever mm. I bring a guy over, I tell them, you know, be careful, you know, he bites. And that made, it was like a challenge to them. They're like, oh, he's not going like, to bite oh, me. Oh, he's not going to bite me, yeah. And they're this like, being rough know. with him. And I'm like, he doesn't like that that's what makes him bite. Look <laughs> <laughs> that little tail. At least I'm not going on furniture, but then Jamie taught her to go up on the couch with him. <laughs> so now she just goes on the furniture I'm just like oh, I'm just gonna let it happen <laughs> life is too short to not let you on the furniture oh she's so cute she's like, oh. um, what the hell are you doing to me I need a dog so bad <laughs> I honestly don't know what I'm gonna do hey Lizzie you wanna move to Brooklyn there's a room opening up for 900 <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> Bring Tilly, and okay. it'll be the coolest apartment ever. <laughs> I cook all vegan, you know. Perfect. Yes. I could just eat Tilly up. She's so cute. I always talk about how I want to eat her. Chop her up into pieces. That's what I always used to say to Carl. I said I was going to make Carla burgers. <laughs> and with Ollie, I, what did I used to say to Ollie? I was just like, I was just, I don't remember what I would say to him. But Carla, I was like, Carla burgers. We're having Carla burgers for dinner. <laughs> and I would chase her around. We're going to eat you. <laughs> I, I want to roll Tilly up into a ball and swallow her like a pill. <laughs> yeah. Or... Chop off her paws and eat them. <laughs> but then she hurt her. She'll be upset. She would be. I would never actually do those. Things. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's really specific, <laughs> chopping her paws I know. Off. I'm like, you really thought about it. <laughs> <That's really clear. laughs> you got to eat her at once so she dies fast. A quick, painless death. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me, I'm never going to kill you. Don't worry. Don't listen to anybody. <laughs> I just want to eat you. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and <Okay. laughs> Yeah, growing up, like, just, my dad was always like, you know, if we couldn't eat something, he goes like, oh, let's just eat the dog. Come here, <laughs> come here, dog. Like, dad, that's not funny. Get in the <laughs> oven, get in the oven. <laughs> so now for Brian Jones, I would say William Pickett, Otis Redding, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Buddy Guy, John Lee Hooker, T-Bone Walker, Howlin' Wolf, The Moody Blues, Traffic, um... Manfred Mann, The Hollies, Small Faces, uh, The Animals, The Pretty Things, Dusty Springfield, The Yardbirds, The Kinks, um, Mary and Faithful, um, the, uh, the Brian Jonestown Massacre, uh, Toy Love, Jeff Dahl, um, Ravi Shankar, Bo Diddley, Louis Armstrong, Muddy Waters, definitely, uh, Johnny Winter, Patti Smith, Nico and the Velvet Underground, The Doors, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, Frank Zappa, Jimmy Reed, and Fuck Ton of Rolling Stones. Now let's hope that recorded, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it did. Okay. 